Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. Hey team, Oliver here. This week, I'm releasing one of the talks that we had for the recent Micromobility World event in January. This one is the discussion between Horace, Julia Thane, one of our co-hosts, and the famed journalist Kara Swisher. They talk about the intersection of tech and transport, the micromobility thesis and how true it is, which cities are best for micro, and what Elon got wrong, as well as a heap of other stuff. It is a very energizing session. And with that, here is Kara, Julia, and Horace. Let's go. I am so excited to be here with Kara Swisher, the journalist, podcast host, and oracle of the tech world and micromobilities industry's own Horace Deju to talk about our car-free tomorrow. First, let me say, Kara, that I am so delighted to be speaking with you today. I read your work. I listen to Scott's and yours predictions. And I am always, always, always here for your latest take on Elon Musk, whether it's through your podcast or on Twitter itself. Great. Um, Kara, I, I know you've emerged for many in this space, in this transportation mm-hmm. space, in this micromobility space, as a hero when in 2019 you wrote that New York Times op-ed mm-hmm. on how owning a car would soon be as quaint as owning a house. Yeah. No, I, no, course, horse, I, horse, 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 horse. <laughs> you can still own your house. I, own I don't own my houses. house, but you know. <laughs> I do. I own more for the, for the rest of us. I own enough. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for on behalf of all of us houseless people. Yeah. Um, so I want to start there. Why did you write the article? You know, when you well, when you were in 2019, who are you trying to convince? Well, I'm trying to get to the idea of what's coming. You know, the idea of that people will probably there'll be cars on demand. I didn't say there wouldn't be cars. And it drove a lot of people crazy. It's a carless future. That is not to happen. That is not going to happen. It's how the cars are going to be, what transportation is going to be like. And so I was talking about the idea of beyond Uber, essentially. What, what, where do you, do you need a car? And especially among young people, I spent a lot of time talking to my kids. They took a while to get their licenses. They're very used to uh, mobility in different ways, whether it's scooters or bikes or bikes on demand, the way you see those now. Most people many people don't own bikes anymore. They just get them on demand if they live in cities. People in rural areas got angry at me. We need our trucks. I'm like, fine, keep your trucks. That's that's a very different thing. But for the most people, they would either uh, not rent the car, but have it on demand in some way that yeah. everything else has become. And so I was trying to get to that idea. Now, I, in the interim between that, I had two more children and I did need a car. <laughs> I was going to ask about um, that. Yeah. yeah. Are so you still car I, liberated? N- well, no, I'm not. I actually, but I own electric cars. You know what I mean? Which oh, is interesting. Okay. And so I, when I went out to, when we had our, well, I have four kids, but the two last ones, we did need a car to get around to do stuff. And so, and I, there was no options to rent them all the time or to have them, you know, on demand that they have in Washington, DC, where I live. And so what I did is I bought a hybrid, a Kia hybrid, which I needed the seats because of so many children, two of them are rather large. And so, and I, you know, I was like, this is, this is I'm still going to try to go electric or or get on demand. And so we ended up, I, I now have a Kia, I mean, I have the Kia hybrid, which actually just got clipped by a Tesla today in, in DC. No, it was a regular Tesla and they okay. drove it right into my car and then How kept going. They? And then they no kept way. going, hit and run. I'm going to get them. Don't worry. I have their license. <laughs> so, um, which was ironic in a lot of ways. And then I bought a Chevy Bolt, which is mm. an electric car, because one of the things that has happened is there's a lot of competitors to Tesla now. Now they're not, their Tesla's still far ahead, but in terms of manufacturing and technology, battery technology, but it's not that far ahead. And there's lots of options now, especially in the lower ranks. I have a Chevy Bolt's not a very expensive car. So it's an interesting time is that I would love there to be more on-demand services. And I think eventually like a Chevy will be an on-demand service or something like that, especially around the power. I had a charger installed in my house. It was very expensive. Um, it, yeah. And you shouldn't, there should be a, there's, you know, and, there, and the public ones public are great. Charging. 
It's great, but there's two there. dogs. When they're yeah, there. When they're yeah. there. When when they're not, the car is not occupying it. I'm in a constant war with a BMW, a hybrid, uh, not a hybrid, a electric <laughs> car. And he's Just always wanted, in the yeah. space. It's the same guy. And I'm like, your nemesis. Your arch nemesis. Yeah. So I call, I write him notes, Juice Hog. I said, hey, Juice Hog, once again, you're here today. So there's that. And that has to sort itself out and speed of that and, and getting them around and through the infrastructure bill. Like that, they've got to be as ubiquitous, ubiquitous as gas stations. I'm not particularly concerned with running out of juice because you know, you know unless you're going on long trips and they have sure. to plan it uh, but ubiquity is the one thing of, of charging and, and and quickness obviously so it's moving forward in the way i think i i just think it, there's going to be a wholly different transportation system within the next 10 years especially for young people who don't aren't interested in buying vehicles Right. And uh, I would count myself among those people. And uh, Kara, you know, in the article, you talked about mm-hmm. how massive private car ownership was going to go away. Mm-hmm. You yourself had just mentioned as your family has grown, yeah. as your family has. But doubled, not my sons. My sons don't but- want to buy cars. <laughs> they don't. And I don't see them yeah. buying cars. I don't see them. I think if they can find, you know, my son lives in goes to NYU now. He doesn't use a car that would, an old car that we had. A, a mini and uh, he, he likes his, he loves his mini, but he takes bikes everywhere. Uh, he doesn't even take cars in New York. He takes mm. bikes, yeah. he takes uh, scooters, a lot of b- bikes and things like that. But he just has a mentality the way young people have a mentality toward consuming entertainment. It's the same mm. thing is that he doesn't watch linear television. He consumes it on demand or sure. he consumes in short it. Bites. Yes. In yep. short bites. No, he watches substantive things, but both of them don't use television the way I did. And that's the same thing that's going to happen with cars. But do you see that as a cultural difference or a technological difference? It's just the ease of use. It's frictionless. Yeah. You know, it, as yep. it becomes more right now, I don't use I would use car sharing, but there's not enough of them yet. And it's not mm. the economics aren't there yet, but it's going to be as things, you know, as things develop, the, the speed at which there's more choices to Tesla is astonished me. You know, everyone was focused on autonomous. I'm not particularly interested in autonomous over electric. You know what I mean? When you like that's that is what autonomous is a very difficult issue. But I do think fleets of car ownership that will come and get you or you will use is seems inevitable. Given every every other part of our world has done that, has done a version of that. Yeah, yeah. So, Kara, I'm hearing that you're revising your uh, prediction a little bit around uh, the end of massive car ownership. We're talking about well, don't have from- children when you're. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I, no, but I think for a vast period, majority yeah. of people, for a vast majority of people, car ownership is just not going to be the thing you do. And especially with young people, they yeah. just, I mean, the number, there's statistics all over the place about driver's yeah. license. There's just a story in the Washington Post, driver's license down, down, down. And it's not yeah. just city bound people. It's because they avail themselves to these things and they're just in the early stages. Yeah. And I know Horace is uh, one of those folks who are um, both creating those statistics, but also creating estimates and forecasts <laughs> about how massive car ownership is going to change. So Horace, going to invite you to to join this part of the conversation and just share a little bit about the data, the projections, the analysis that you're doing and seeing around uh, whether or not we're really at the beginning or the end of a trend. Yeah. Th- there's The good thing is that we do have a very good handle on the data because, it, you know, uh, registrations are available. They're public. They're global. Um, every country reports this, and also same with with uh, driving licenses. So actually, you can go Google this stuff and uh, dig it up. Uh, the problem is that uh, we don't get a data about sort of intentions or, as Kara put it, you know, the next generations, you know, zeitgeist. Here's the raw numbers, though. For the United States, um, we did see a plateau in total number of cars in use. It went from uh, 276.5 to 275.9 during 2020-21. So hopefully that's that's the beginning of a trend. Unfortunately, that number is quadruple what it was in, in 1975 and or sorry, 1960, double since uh, 1975. So we've been on this like very long trajectory of rising car ownership ownership in the United States or the number of vehicles in use. However, again, there's hope, and this is the problem with the data, is like, if you go back in history, it looks like it's going in one direction, but when you interview people and we talk to people, it seems like there's a crack in the in the foundation. Uh, there's one country in the world where the per capita consumption of automobiles is going down, and it's Germany. The big problem globally is that a lot of emerging countries, a lot of emerging economies are actually seeing a huge growth in the number of vehicles. So I think the most saturated markets, obviously the most advanced markets are starting to pull back. That's where we see a lot of footholds for micromobility, especially 
on demand, um, as Kara put it. But the, the, the real challenge will be the next billion people who are going to move into cities and want to have mobility. Will they take the route of the United States and China or will they take the route of, let's say, Amsterdam or, or Netherlands uh, in general and, and Denmark? So it's where we're trying to shift the conversation, especially for non-consumers. And Kara, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Which route are they going to take? I, I just, I, you know, I was just in Europe for a couple for a week last week, and I have to say, the number of cars in use in cities, these congestion pricing and everything else, is just the way it's going. I mean, and especially yeah. with the focus mm-hmm. on climate. Now, I'm leaving electric cars out of this, although electric cars. I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would. I would say that they, you know, you see. I think the statistics I was seeing was I was looking at some. I've been visiting all the electric car companies, Lucid and mm-hmm. BMW, and and others are doing, and Mercedes. And all of them are seeing upticks in those sales. And I think the down thing is in gas cars. And then there's government moving in to say no gas powered cars, like whether it's, um, you know, that is going to make a big deal. And uh, and I think car makers are moving that way because people are excited about these products. Like, why would you continue to sell them, whether it's trucks or or whatever? uh, You know, they will struggle each of them because of the cost of getting it into there. But it, again, inevitability that electric cars will be the way people are going to drive. And so then the question is, will they be so excited that everyone wants to own an electric car? Or will mm. it be another way mm. to, um, I'm excited about owning my electric car. I feel great. I feel great to, to move <laughs> off of it. And as soon as Kia, I can get a Kia, like you can't get them. You can't get them. I was lucky to get one. Why not? Um, like a yeah. Yeah, it does. And so, you know, I would love to get the full electric Kia car now and go full electric because like, why not? And so I think I'm actually typical of a consumer who's excited about it. Now, again, if there were the on-demand services enough, I would certainly use them completely. Um, You see lots of fleets, rental fleets moving over to electric, for example, and you'll see Uber, they'll move over to electric. And so they'll have a Tesla deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although interestingly, we were in California for the, for the holidays and I saw it there and I said, Hey, you guys, do you want to drive my sons, my older sons, you want to drive a Tesla? And they're like, no, that jackass, we don't want to drive his car. Which is fascinating because, well, it was interesting because, because the brand is being hurt because of that. And so then people are looking at alternatives, especially his Mm. base customer, which are all the woke people that he seems to insult all the time (laughs) along with advertisers. Mm -hmm. And so, but I do, I actually, it's an interesting thing if they're, they're, the excitement around electric cars is really picking up and the choices are, are more and more, whether it's a Kia, whether mm-hmm. Kia is doing really well, especially Ford is doing real GM, yeah. you know, they still don't have the stack that Tesla have, but you know, they're gonna, and the battery technology mm-hmm. moving forward. And so it does make me wonder if people want to just own one of these things or if they mm. will be willing to share them. And, but again, people have got Uber and Lyft and the other services around the world have gotten people used to this, very used to the idea. And now the question is, will they be used to driving themselves in these group fleets that come along or being, it's just, this has been the biggest use case. And then the second thing I think that we have to really pay attention to is what happened during the pandemic of people not moving sure. as much, right? Not having as many needs to bring themselves into cities. And that's interesting to me. And then whether this infrastructure bill will help with public transportation, mm. that will be, you know, right. high, there's no high speed trains in the United States. It's astonishing, but Europe is full of them. Mm. And, and this, this sh- just not just getting from cars but from planes like these short hop things that are going to be declared illegal in europe so people use trains uh that's really interesting mm-hmm. so the government has to play it has been and will be playing a big role in this kind of stuff whether it's due to climate or political or the ability of moving people around easier and in a more efficient and, and climate friendly way yeah, and Kara, you brought up so many interesting themes there, and we're going to get to all of them. We're going to talk about public transit. We're going to talk about cities. We're going to talk about regulation. But I want to fix on one thing that you said, which is that there are so many vehicle models and makes out there. I mean, mm-hmm. in the electric vehicle space, there's, what, 200 plus uh, mm-hmm. types of, of vehicles that have been announced in the micromobility landscape. We have more than 1,500 companies uh, that we have been able to articulate and see out in the market there. Uh, in general, we're just seeing this type titanic demand for e-bikes, for neighborhood electric vehicles, for mopeds, other small electric vehicles in the U.S., across the world. But we haven't really seen a clear market leader. And I'm wondering from your perspective, whether it's in the electric In cars? It's Tesla. Uh, 
You think it's still Tesla? It okay. is still Tesla. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. No, but I, the numbers. Are, <laughs> I, I, I go over these numbers every yeah. week. The numbers. I don't think it's for the United States. Tesla. For the United States only, uh, BYD has right. already overtaken them globally. Yeah, in China, and, I'm sorry, I'll leave out China. Well, even globally, and I think this year we're going to see battery electric from BYD be number one. Yeah, uh, it's been it's true. been a, a few hybrids mixed in there. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to, to you know, uh, quibble with, with Elon, but the, th the fact is that all the automakers are incentivized. In fact, they're prevented from making anything else or will be very soon. And they know those deadlines and they've been just scaling production. And it's all a grab right now trying to get resources mm -hmm. to make as many electric cars mm -hmm. as probably demand will be. So it's it's been it's and, and the, you know, the brand issues coming up, uh, as you as you pointed out. But, yeah, I think it's it's um, I think. Well, Julie's question was more about will we see something like that in the bikes or micromobility space where it's still a free-for-all, 1,500 players. It's a lot of small companies right now, and we don't see an, an emerging brand. And that's mm -hmm. that's really the puzzle right now, I think. Well, it's Uber, right? I think probably in the United States. It depends on the, whatever the, the dominant rental, you know, on-demand service it tends to be mm -hmm. here. Or, or, say, city bikes, for example, with bikes, mm -hmm. whoever's yeah. backing those. Um, mm -hmm. I think Uber is that here in D.C. where I am. What's interesting about the Tesla, the only thing I would say is having visited all these car makers, I've talked to them all. And they're very honest that Tesla's way ahead of them in terms of manufacturing capabilities. You know, people want them. They just can't make them. If you can't get a car, that's a failure of the market. It's a failure of the company. But one of the things that he did, which was a smart thing, is he has the stack. And so he can make these cars faster. And though people don't want them as much. Look, China, demand is off and there's demand. So he's got the manufacturing capability that he built out. The, he's building that battery factory, whatever comes of it. And he, he owns his stuff. I think one of the weaknesses of most of these car makers is they deal with vendors all the time, right? That they sure. don't have the stack. And so that's going to be their weakness. It'll be their strength eventually when everyone's got them because it's less costly to do it that way. But right now, getting the pieces to put them together mm -hmm. is you cannot, they cannot. They, they, I was talking to someone at, uh, at, at GM and they're like, we can't, we're selling 2024 now. We can't sell, to, we've sold mm -hmm. all the ones we can sell. And so obviously there's consumer demand, it's just not supply. And then mm -hmm. if your only option is a Tesla and you think the guy's a jerk, you don't want to buy it, then you'll hold it off. But there is consumer demand, and that's all I'm saying. Is it? And in yeah. and the bike thing, it'll be whatever service you happen to like. I don't. I think the bikes themselves will be commodities, presumably. Interesting, Boris. What do you think? Well, I, the thing is, it's going to depend a lot on on whatever novelties come up or innovations come up, because I think one of the things you mentioned was the stack, but there's no such thing yet for small vehicles. But there could be. I mean, these things will come with batteries. They'll come with with onboard communications. They're, they're coming with with the computation as well. And so our thesis has been that you know it, this is the iPhone of of mobility in the mm -hmm. sense that you know you have the PC, which is a car, and then you have this micro vehicle, which is your portable on demand vehicle potentially. And so uh, we're advocates of sort of coming in with software eventually eventually as the sort of the 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 catalyst to uh to a new business model and so that's what, what we're kind of anticipating a little bit so my 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 hope my dream is to see what happened to the phone industry and computing to come here as well yeah I think you're right. Apple is is the biggest player going to be here. They're working on software. I don't think they'll make a car. Everyone wishes they would. I'm sure it would be beautiful. But they will be, I think software is where they attack this problem head on. And that's what they're good at. And eventually they'll make a, a product that is, you know, that is like, an looks like an Apple experience. But, you know, you've got Johnny Ive designing a Porsche, the electric Porsche. I think that's yeah. what he's up to. Um, and he created the iPhone and, uh, you know, the experience on the iPhone. And so you're going to see people either Apple or Apple. Apple adjacent people doing that part because right now the experience in the cars, you know, I have to say, a Bolt, which wasn't very expensive, is a very nice experience. I've been inside the Mercedes, the Lucid is beautiful. Um, mm. And one of the problems, uh, and, the, and the Mercedes is beautiful, the beautiful displays on the entire front of the car dashboard is gorgeous. I, I can't stand the Tesla with its glued on computer like it's like it's giant <laughs> iPad glued onto the, onto the air sure. conditioning. So, and once you, experience the other one you're like why do i have a glued on thing like it so that's the one thing that i think mm. is advantages a lot of companies which mm. is design and comfort because one wow. of the things someone pretty high up said to me is why do you you know he he had characterized 
a Tesla is the inside of an egg. And for that much money, for it to be not luxurious <laughs> and not and have problems with, sure. you know, you can go on all these Tesla boards on Reddit and like things that break on the end. It should be perfect. Like it should be a perfect experience. And so I think people, especially at the high end, when you look at a Lucid, it's gorgeous. It's just it's just a gorgeous car. You, even if it had a gas tank, you'd be like, this is a gorgeous car. And so um, and same Mercedes are just stupendous looking because they have experience in design and beauty inside. And so one of the, these persons told me, why does it feel like one, any of these cars, just because they have a different engine, have to look like a computer? And that, that's, mm -hmm. I think, what's been left out is the beauty of these things will increase and therefore it's you know that's great for marketing for people who want different things or it could be a much less expensive experience but i have to tell you the inside of my bolt is beautiful it's it's well done it's really well yep. done for the price and so you feel good about owning that and so i think design has been left out of this and what it looks like mm, and yep. once autonomy comes in the whole windshield of course will be a a screen for someday, not today, but that what they're doing now is very creative. Some of the stuff I've been seeing and, and it's great because then consumers have choices. Yeah. And Horace, we've talked about at a number of conferences uh, or more recent micromobility conferences that we don't yet have that iPhone of micromobility. We don't have that seamless sort of beautiful experience that Kara um, is mentioning in terms of the electric vehicles. Is well, that a correct statement or am I, it, am I no, talking out no, of both sides of my mouth? Well, no, no. We do see some beautiful new products that are actually created by designers. Mm -hmm. You know, the Johnny Ive types uh, mm -hmm. that came out of automotive. I, I, I've met executives from Audi, from, uh, well, in, in Britain, you know, the premier Formula One companies are dabbling in micromobility. Yeah, yeah, but it's and just- And going electric, you're right, yeah. yeah. And I, I've been to bike shows where the names were Pininfarina, Maserati, mm -hmm. Bugatti, every automaker, obviously, but they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't hesitate putting their names on scooters and on a beautiful e-bikes that they want to sell uh, next to their premium product. Mm -hmm. So it's very much in Europe, especially, it's, it, you, you know, the the low end mobility is sex appeal right now. It's all about like, you know, Italian flair. Uh, the Fiat 500, for example, is the sexiest car in the world. And and yet it's a small car. So so I think there's this shift happening where, you know, although America isn't quite on board yet, uh, you know, uh, of blending the high-end automotive with the high-end micromobility mm -hmm. and, and kind of making one rub on the other because, you know, the high-end automobility world needs help with greenwashing. It needs help to present itself globally <laughs> as something of the future. And that the high-end micromobility needs to create for itself a brand. So there's all of this interesting, you know, cross-pollination happening. So just give it a little time. It hasn't quite bubbled I, I up. Think you, I think you may be discounting how much young people use these things. I mean, I just really, you see them in use. They're not, people are very accepting. And again, it's the biggest experiment going on of people using these things. That's all I have to do. Mm -hmm. Once you use it and see an efficacy, you yeah. start to use it again. And then it gets better. The experience gets better and better. Now, uh, scooters still are a little bit glitchy and signing up and getting into them and this and that. But bikes now are really easy to use. They're simple. You mm -hmm. just click, you know, and, and the, the combination of the phone with the device and the phone with my car is amazing. Mm. Just, it's not mm. just a stunt. So a lot of things used to be sort of, oh, a stunt that you could do, but you, I actually use my phone quite a bit with my car, just the way mm. I use, I, I remember the beginnings of Apple Pay. It was so glitchy and terrible and yeah. now it's effortless, it's seamless. And the more you move towards frictionless in these kind of encounters and it incorporates with your phone or eventually you say you have glasses or whatever, Apple will have these AR glasses. It'll, it'll really be an interesting combination. I think the seamless working of it together has improved drastically like even getting walking in in your phone linking to the music system very quickly has improved drastically like drastically. absolutely absolutely just just an example the the Citroen Ami which is a new mm -hmm. up and coming kind of really micro car which we consider mm -hmm. micro mobility there is no display on on the on the dash it's your iPhone or your smartphone mm -hmm. that's going mm -hmm. to be that and so people are are already saying, I used to say this half jokingly, that the car became a great accessory for the phone because <laughs> like you were trying to figure out how to plug it in all the time. And it's like, how, where am I going to mount yeah, it? So where ridiculous. am I going to connect it? And, 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 and all these automakers were resisting. They were trying to make yeah. it harder. And, and now it's become so that it should be wireless and should be seamless and automatic. And I think 
once that happens and people think of their mobility experience as partly mobile phone, then uh, we're going to see more and more micro being being folded into that 100%. as well. So, so it's an amazing, um, I think we're, you know, Karen and I have been around for so many decades in tech that it's like, we sense, get a sense of deja vu, at least I do, that's sort of like, mm -hmm. I'm seeing things happening again and again. So the idea of devices, telephony, entertainment, these have been, you know, like galaxies merging with the compute galaxy, which kind of has grown as a result. And so we've gotten this, this, the, the question always is like, who is winning or who is uh, there was always an adversarial logic, right? You know, Hollywood versus Silicon Valley. But it's like, well, we've figured out a way to work together and 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 make solutions that make sense for everybody. And and I think transportation, in a weird way, has kind of been a laggard, even though it's a natural place for computation. And you know, they've gone it about it in a very kind of embedded way. You know, arguably uh, very poorly, but I think now it's it's starting to get better. Yeah, they certainly get it. I mean, you certainly can. They don't they don't have a resistance to it at all. I don't. I I, I think they find it exciting because suddenly people want their car. You know what I mean? They don't have to. And yeah, but they, they didn't want the the OS thing though. They were been fighting against. <laughs> they have, uh, but I think yeah. they get they get it now because you know you can joke about it about the idea, but the 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 phone is the the original mobile device, right? The car is the original mobile device. And so yeah. what it, what can you do to do that? And I think people, again, are used to it in every other, whether they're using streaming, it's the same kind of relationship that you have, whether mm. it's streaming, which used to be super difficult to sign in. It's still not great, but it's moving towards, you know, it's still moving towards controlling your home with Nest or whatever you happen to use, controlling your alarm system, controlling your money, controlling, it's all from this this handheld dashboard that you have right here right. and so i think it's inevitable that that's and your car is that now too and it's it's not again a lot of times you used to get stuff around cars especially and they were stunts they really were stunts it's just and then you never used it again yeah. it's it's what you use over and over again every day like i heated my car mm. this morning before i got in at 6 30 to take it was cold out today mm. it was rainy mm. i had it going and it was locked mm. and at the same mm. once we got in it was ready to go and so mm. i would not you know, I didn't have to go outside at all. And it was easy. And so that's really ease of use, frictionlessness, and beauty are three things that have been sort of left out of this, mm. which is the very beginning of of computers. They were hard mm. to use. They were ugly. That that, that gray plastic. Absolutely. Thing. You know, and then Steve Jobs showed up with a isn't it isn't it isn't thing. it amazing though it's that the, the logic, thing. yeah, the logic of Steve Jobs in the early days was like, why can't we bring consumer product thinking to a mm -hmm. computer, why can't we bring design, industrial design and mm -hmm. art and all these other things and absolutely resonated, took off. Mm -hmm. By the way, the car people got this back in the 20s. They made, mm -hmm. you look at the advertising, it very quickly shifted from, hey, it works to, wow, look how beautiful it is. Look how free you're going to feel. Look mm -hmm. how, you know, it's going to improve your lifestyle in some mm -hmm. way or other. But it's, it's like, Evolution, and that's why it feels like deja vu. Yeah. We're we're coming up to this new era of multimodality, where people are comfortable with, both with sharing and with owning, and with micro and with you know existing infrastructures as well. I think we need to touch on the question of government because and I know. I'm sorry, Julie. I know you, you're probably itching to go there, but um, <laughs> you know, unlike the other industries, I'll say this: unlike the other industries where they kind of could go at it alone, they didn't have to get approvals, they didn't have to get subsidies or anything like that. Mobility is kind of dependent on infrastructure a lot more, and I think that's where we we need a little bit more leadership from Washington. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's an excellent point. And Horace, I definitely want to go there. I mean, when we talk about the legacy of the auto industry, we're talking about decades, almost, a, you know, 100 years, maybe 100 plus years of subsidies from the government, whether it's for the manufacturing itself or whether it's for our own uh, vehicle ownership. And Kara, you were mentioning before the bipartisan infrastructure law, the Inflation Reduction Act. I mm -hmm. mean, these are major infrastructure bills, uh, once in a lifetime infrastructure bills that really push forward electric vehicles and electric vehicles ownership. I'm just, you know, curious to get your thoughts around looking at the birth of big tech and big auto as precedents. 
What do you think we need to see in government for micromobility to succeed? Like what, what well, needs to happen? What does federal you're government need to this, do differently? This last infrastructure bill, you know, didn't get everything everybody wanted, but you know, that, that always happens, but it certainly moved the ball forward rather significantly. I think, I think mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg, I, which way I interviewed at code this year um, yeah. is, is doing a significant amount to focus in on that idea. It's just putting this stuff in place that we need, whether it's uh, juicing stations for electric cars or new kinds of highways that eventually will deal with autonomy, whether it's uh, investing in critical public transportation infrastructure. Uh, you know, the governments around the world have got to just realize this is going to cost money yeah. and it will help over time, especially with the climate crisis. And so, uh, you know, or California, you know, everyone was shocked when California passed that law or, you know, and they've done it elsewhere around the globe even faster. It's not fast enough, right? And so right. initially it was like, no, no, no. And then it's like, oh, oh okay, yeah, that's what we'll mm-hmm. do. And I don't think, I think the lack of resistance from these car companies was telling. I mean, you've had some. I know, you know they were like, we, yes, we, please, we, right, we had, yeah. We had some right-wing people <laughs> saying, us. I'll, you know, yeah. I'll have my gas stove, whatever, like have it. But, you know, again, I, it's really interesting because again, the people that actually have gas stoves are mostly the woke elite, but okay, fine, whatever, have your gas stove. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's like, Gotta get the same girl. thing. Yeah, guess the who bought marks. the Teslas? Yeah. Guess who bought the... And so uh, it, it's going to be an interesting thing as people move towards it. But I find people tend to resist initially and then they adapt perfectly when, as long as the consumer solution is better. And I think, you know, one of the things tech does is they always try to, you do, the consumers are the beta for everything. So they put mm-hmm. out the shitty product and then move on to the better ones over time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening here. Like, you know, and then eventually they get to the really good stuff, whether it's, you know, you know, think of AirPods, what a great business that's been. I think everyone mm-hmm. was like, these are ugly. Nobody wants them. And then they got better and better and better. And then you get the AirPod Maxes and they keep iterating on the, and innovating and it's that's where it goes and i think that's but but government has to be part of it partner with them because it's so critical these are like two things healthcare well three things climate change well four things finance <laughs> you know, cyber cyber, mm-hmm. cyber currency healthcare and climate are which government are going to have to be deeply involved and and transportation is they should be right out front and i think they see at least the Biden administration certainly is paying attention they've had infrastructure week it looks like finally and they really do <laughs> and i know he certainly does and it's a great topic for him it's obviously going to run for president it's fast forward it's fast oh, leaning yeah and so i yeah, think yeah. he's mm-hmm. been very aggressive in this area only thing i we he and i argued about is he they they willfully antagonized musk for no good reason because he is a pioneer right i'm like why do you like look he, this is pre his current jerky stage but he was somewhat jerky before but not this jerky and, and i think they 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 should have embraced everyone in terms of doing this and celebrating them and so Especially as you, as Horace rightly said, China's really making strides in this area. Um, they have their own problems in China mm. over all kinds of things, COVID and et cetera. But they certainly do understand how important this is. And they certainly could dominate if they're, if the governments, the different governments aren't, whether it's Germany with BMW and Mercedes, whether mm. it's France, whether it's anything. Every country has got to not just have its national heroes, but also be investing heavily in in this area because it's good for commerce and everything else the u.s the u.s has a great superpower Mm -hmm. and that is software Mm -hmm. when i talked in washington about it was early 2020 just before the the covid broke out and i went and i talked to both sides various staffers and so on and i said do you know uh, i was coached by somebody to say the right thing to the right people and i said there's something in it for everybody here there's a benefit for, you know, entrepreneurial type of American innovation because the, the companies are platforms now. So the companies that are really leading, whether it's in automobility or micromobility, are American, strangely, at least for now. But also, as far as environmental concerns are, you know, are at stake, so much is at stake. And yet, again, we have solutions, rather the industry has solutions for for that side of the aisle as well. So I think it's one of those win-wins that shouldn't be, you know, electrification, decarbonization, micromobility, these aren't partisan issues. They're made so by various people for some reason, but it's been about really, really the the tide that lifts all boats. It's like, Mm -hmm. how can you argue politically whether technology in general has been a benefit or not? I mean, there's some fringe groups who probably are reactionary about it but i think there are this is generally a very positive thing we Mm -hmm. just have to be able to help you know uh advocacy here 
Yeah, and I want to get to, back to this point a little bit. I mean, so first of all, on the federal government, on what's happening at the national level in the U.S., Kara, mm -hmm. I'd agree with you that I think the national government has done a lot to push forward on electric vehicles. They've done a lot through the past two pieces of legislation to push forward on climate action. I think they've done a lot less so for these smaller electric vehicles that Horace and I are talking about mm -hmm. for the bikes, the e-bikes, the e-mopeds, the e-motorbikes, the e-scooters, and just this Cambrian explosion of form factors mm -hmm. that we see in the small electric vehicle space. But, you know, be beyond that, beyond looking at national government incentives for those companies, you made some really important points about how some of the early tech leaders, I mean, their big advantage was they put the hardware and the software together. And I'm just wondering, you know, from your perspective, you've seen so many of these tech leaders. What lessons should these smaller micromobility companies be learning from the supply chains, from the design, from everything else that these tech companies had done to integrate hardware and software and make that seamless experience? Well, I mean, this is a bigger deal. This isn't creating a phone, which are relatively inexpensive. So that's the right. problem. I think just yeah. like with AI right now, uh, the big companies are dominating. You know, you, they, there's a lot of interesting smaller companies, but they're getting sucked up by these big companies. And mm. it's very clear that Google and, and Facebook and Amazon and Apple and, and Microsoft are going to dominate AI. You think right? so? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, well, they, they, AI, they already yes. do. Yeah, yeah. They already, they already <laughs> do. They already do. But I mean, there's room for certainly room for it. I mean, you could talk about open AI, but guess who the investors are? Elon mm. Musk and Microsoft. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Uh, they don't seem mm. like innovative young people to me. But nonetheless, you know, this is going to cost a lot of money. And so you expect the big players, the entrenched players to probably do well. There's a, a thing called there's two kinds of innovation. One is you know, keeping, I forget the words for them, but it's innovation that's based on your product that you have and you keep innovating it forward. And then there's disrupt, I think it's Clay Christensen, and then there's yeah. disruptive, there's disruptive innovation. Sustaining, 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 sustaining yeah. innovation, which I think a lot of these people are doing and mm. disruptive innovation. Yeah. And it's very hard to be disruptive in this space, whether it's planes, whether it's, you know, I just met with a company that's doing not electric planes, but uh, what is it? What are they using? Hydrogen aviation power. fuel or hydrogen? Yes. Yep. No, hydrogen. Okay. Uh, you hydrogen. know, and I'm going to go up in one. I'm like, oh, do I really? Really? Wanna... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're out in what? California. Um, no right. way. Um, oh, that's you know, awesome. And so, but you know, you're seeing it. So that's a small company. Yeah. I assume it's going to get bought by a bigger company, right? But sure. they certainly have, what they're doing is making partnerships with United and the other airlines are going to have to go this way. And uh, and they, now they've got a couple hundred miles they can run these things, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then they've got to also have deals with the big makers of Boeing's, the Lockheed's, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it's going to, I think it's going to be a lot more partnership in this area with sort of innovative companies on the edge of, different things and then it moving but it's costly it's really costly so you cannot do this without partnership oh i would agree i would agree on on, on aviation on mm -hmm. automobility on even other forms of transit and transport that are large mm -hmm. generally the, the phrase we use is the bigger the bigger it is uh the slower it goes actually even mm -hmm. though they tend to yeah. go fast but the, the, the they slow they're slow in iteration because mm -hmm. it is so costly so what the excitement is at the very low end at, at the bikes and scooters mm -hmm. yeah and 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 they're like you know we're just seeing a huge number of new players and everybody's waiting when is apple and amazon and google and and or the automakers going to join this this uh this gold rush mm -hmm. and i think they're they're cautiously sort of like dancing around the problem because i think they they they're not sure first of all they also don't want to get involved with something that could be dangerous, people getting hurt, although mm -hmm. obviously people in cars get hurt all the time. But there's this, there, I think from our point of view, and I'm I'm a big fan of Christensen, I, work, I stu studied and worked with him, but but the idea of, is that major mobility, so like the mega mobility is very much sustaining mm -hmm. and micro mobility is very much disruptive. At least yeah. it could be. It could be. I mean, I just think they're going to spy them if they decide they want to get in this area and they want to make it suffer. Or, or there'll be a lot of different brands in, in, in the smaller areas because, you know, they'll innovate on everything from what is it, Velos and, and stuff like that, which is yeah. also, you know, there's going to be regulatory things out the yin-yang for that, mm. like people flying in drones above the cities. That's going to be, you know, <laughs> one, one, it's just going to be problematic. Um, but, you know, you're going to get those, you know, different versions of those. And so you're going to see smaller companies try it first. And then eventually once that you see some success, some of the bigger ones 
picking them up. And so that'll be an interesting thing. You certainly like when I saw this plane thing, I'm like, oh, he's going to get bought by. And then I could think of 20 different things. But why mm. should they do it now? Let him do it. Right. And mm. and the same thing with a lot of because they don't have the attention to do it. Um, they don't have it's just like Google didn't have the attention you know, nobody had the attention to do what TikTok was doing, right? Mm. And they should have, like, it should have been done by Facebook, or that mm. should have been done by any or Snapchat or any of the others, but they didn't, because they were focused on their core product, and not on the next one. And so, mm. you know, it depends on where people pick to go, um, where they're picking. Um, you know, if you look in hindsight, Mark Zuckerberg should have focused on a TikTok like experience rather than jumping all the way to the metaverse, which and, and Google, Google should do. have focused on, uh, on social. They totally, right. totally well, they missed did. on that. They didn't. They, they tried. tried. Poorly. They tried. Poorly. You know why? <laughs> That's because they're the least social people on the planet. And so if you know them, if you know them, well, they did it. I was like, no, you don't. No, it's not going to happen for you. Zuckerberg yeah. wasn't particularly a. No, but either. he understood that particular thing. I just was like, no way is Google Plus going to be in. I called it Google Minus when it was started. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it went. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And they I bought mean, that company, I... that Brazilian. What did they? Uh, what did yeah. They um, oh, I'm blanking. Gee, something. Orchid. 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 Or, yeah, yeah. They owned yeah, yeah. Orchid. Do you remember that? And then <laughs> yeah, at one yeah. time, Google no. people. This is a total discussion. That one of them. He it was. It was an actual employee named Orchid. It was very lovely. And he and they. I was with the manager, the product manager, and they're like, "It's big in Brazil." And I was yeah, like, "That was okay. the only market. The only market big in Brazil." And I was like, "Congratulations! <laughs> the U.S. is where you need to be big in." Face this Facebook thing seems to be kicking your ass. Mm. So mm. big in Brazil, but Brazil's a big market. It is. Yeah, right. We might see some micro mobility vehicles no, coming out of there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you needed to be big in the U.S. Horace, you were getting to a point, though, that I uh, wanted to talk a little bit more about, which is, you know, so upstarts, electric vehicle upstarts like Rivian, for example, have filed patents for e-bikes. And we've seen a couple other um, smaller uh, electric vehicle startups. So, you know, I'm kind of using those words casually, mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. could be an auto company and ever be small or ever really be a startup. But they are exploring um, getting into the micromobility space. Do you think Apple, Tesla, some of the other auto OEMs are going to do that? Why or why not? And curious, Horace and Kara, too, you know, what your thoughts are on that? Just a quick uh, anecdote. So supposedly the reason Elon Musk hasn't gotten into micro-ability is because he actually was involved in an accident as a young man or child. I don't know how old he was uh, with uh, while riding a two-wheel vehicle. I don't know if it was a, a bike or a scooter, but he's had this, 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 this aversion to the whole thing. This was relayed to me uh, via via messaging on, a, on, on some platform. I think it was Twitter. But anyway, what Kara's pointing out with Orkut as well is just how personal this whole thing is. Meaning that people who make the decisions are deciding, and this is so true of Apple particularly, because they live in their particular part of the world. They're very, very self-aware of, of you know, what their lives are about. And, and in some ways, this is considered, well, how can you be so provincial? It's a global economy. But the fact is that to make great product decisions, you need to be hyper-focused on where you are and, and mm -hmm. ask those questions of yourself. Famously, Apple made all their decisions without focus groups because they just had a conversation in the in the cafeteria or wherever they were. So so you have this Silicon Valley tendency to kind of be very provincial in thinking. And that means they're surrounded by, you know, American, uh, you know, culture and 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 they tend to get to the international late. They get to they get to the the uh, non uh, normative American um, uh, things uh, late. So that's why that's why you know talking to amazon for example uh, they get the productivity benefit and the cost reduction from electrification and micro micro vehicles for delivery but that comes from europe people trying to communicate to the head office so it's it's it may or may not be heard so i i think that you know we have to we just have to hope that leadership eventually comes around they need to be educated they need to be part of the conversation mm -hmm. um, and we need to appeal to them uh, as much as possible and that's always been the case yeah that's an interesting point and Kara what do you also, think Apple yeah, Tesla are they gonna a little busy don't you think <laughs> I don't think it's got micro I think he's oh my he's got 26 he's he's in the legal business really. Um, I'll give you another example. If he said if he said micro mobility to Tesla people they'd lose their friggin' minds. <laughs> by the way he should have no he should have no no one's gonna buy it. Um, he should have done this instead of Twitter. Like right? Like absolutely. It would have been a 
he could have innovated. He gets this they, stuff. They, they, here's another anecdote. When they launched the Cybertruck, they actually teased an ATV that could they climb did. into oh, it, you're right? right. And I so forgot people about were that. Like, oh, yeah. when's the Tesla ATV coming? Oh, and who up. knows? Com you know, no, but, let me just say look at some of the reporting on some of these videos they were sort of cooking up that they put out as real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they make things up, but it's fine to dream. It's fine to dream, right? Microsoft had this great uh, video many years ago called Future Forward or something like that, where they showed what a cell phone would be like someday. Like, and it was wonderful, all the things it would do. It was great. It, it was done by the people at Nokia, I think, or somewhere, wherever the guy who came from Nokia. It was great. But, you know, this is an area they should have moved. It's an adjacent area that they'd have been good at, and they already had the manufacturing capability and probably make a lot of money. But instead, he'd like to take his money and throw it in the dumpster file of Twitter and just <laughs> light it on fire. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're like, why would? But then you think about that with Facebook, the kind of adjacencies he could have done. He certainly can't buy anything because of regulatory issues and scrutiny on on purchasing and mergers, especially in the United States and Europe. But you think of all the money he could have spent ten billion dollars. You could have. Here's another funny story. It's Google had its campus, mm -hmm. all these bikes around campus. Remember they the did. Google bikes? Oh, I don't forget I, them. Um, they're, they're, you know, Apple has its own bikes around its campus, mm -hmm. by the way. I mean, they sort of, sort of see things like that, but they're like, well, we're not going to use them outside the campus. Well, it's reason. interesting. I have a good story about that because Sergey Brin was the one who thought that up, right? And he got mm -hmm. obsessed with it. And he called me once and he's like, I want to put bikes everywhere around the country just drop hundreds of bikes in cities. And I figured out how many will get stolen. I'm not even going to put anything next to it. I'm just going to drop hundreds of bikes. And then I'm going to keep dropping them because there's a point where people don't steal them anymore. He had this whole thing figured out in his mathematical head, which was fascinating. And I was like, well, cities aren't going to like that with all these wrecked bikes everywhere. Like you have to have some organization around. And he's like, no, you just do it. And then people will, because of what the way they, it operated on Google campus, which was his, he pushed that. And these are these multicolored bikes that they would have. Yep on there and i said you just can't do it except in a controlled situation where i google where everybody's behavior and we had a very interesting discussion about it you should have called me man <laughs> and yeah. one, of the things, one of the things that that i thought was interesting and he goes what do you think of the bikes and i said i hate to tell you but every now and then i feel like running them all over because they're so irritating they look like carnival things i just want to run through them with my car with my gasoline powered car uh, because it was so adorable. They're just, they just were too cute at Google all the time. And then I was like, and then I thought, no, I'll steal one. Just like you talk about, I was put in the back of my car and, and head out because they're all so beautiful. But, uh, but th th it was a great idea at the time. It really was to get people, you know, exercising and also moving from place to place. But they, they were always micro Billy. Every single one of their headquarters had the latest scooter, the latest, you know, zip board or whatever the heck. They, and same thing with Facebook. And they had to stop doing them because of legal reasons. Um, mm. They they used to run internally. They'd all be on some kind of new souped up skateboard or whatever constantly. And it was interesting to watch. And then it sort of ended because of liability. Um, but they were mm. definitely there, right? They were completely using them internally. Mm. And that's, it reminds you a little bit of people probably don't know this. Most regular people don't know this, but Slack was a gaming company and Slack was their internal messaging system they built mm. and That's the right. gaming company yeah. failed. And then the Slack, and that was, that always felt like at Google, they had all these ideas around food and mobility and stuff and office, the way offices were that they never, they just did it themselves and then didn't do anything with it. Mm. Like from an innovative, that was very innovative. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm with Horace here. I wish they had just dropped all those bikes everywhere in the world. Really? I think that would have been, yeah, He really no, wanted to. He was absolutely. like, wanted to. And I was in city government. I mean, I was in city yeah. government around the same time that the scooters happened. And it was yeah. an absolute mess. We got calls every minute. Yeah, I remember that. I did people a people who just too. were, yeah, yeah, who were just irate about whatever it was. And, but it, it and, sorted you know, itself out. It, it eventually it did. sorted it did. itself out. It sorted itself. We learned new courts rule norms. He was talking a hundred thousand bikes on New York City, and I thought, oh, I think he'll be in a little trouble. <laughs> Can call. you imagine New York? He wasn't going to be like he wasn't yeah. going to call anybody either. I did all those numbers. I, I looked at the Chinese, what mm -hmm. happened there, and everything. Look, you, you know, you run into all these issues socially, uh, regulatory liability and and it's absolutely true but you know what we've gone through this before cell phones were supposed to give us cancer mm -hmm. uh, cars mm -hmm. gave us cancer too and mm -hmm. and many other you know uh, injuries and so on we make progress by you know two steps Using. Using. you know sometimes sometimes backwards but it's 
I think it's it's going to happen. It's just it's just we're looking at the very early stage right now with with electrification. Let's not the way one way I think about it is like imagine the size of a battery. You start with something tiny, which is in your ear, like the AirPod, but then you go all the way to a car, and there are thousands of huge tons of batteries. But there's a gap between the laptop and the car. And if you think about all the opportunities to use batteries, like in like containers that are, let's say, you know, the size of a gallon jug, what would you do with that? And the answer is, you know, move a person around short distance. It works really well. And that's going to get filled in. We'll figure out the way to package it. And, you know, it's a wonderful time to be alive. I think that we're, we're just discovering so many, so many new ways of doing things and sometimes bad, sometimes good. I want to stick on that point for a minute because we've talked about so many different mobility technologies in this conversation. I mean, we talked about hydrogen powered aircraft. We talked about scooters. We talked about electric cars. And I'm wondering what's missing. Um, so Kara, maybe I'll start mm -hmm. with you here. What do you think is missing when we're talking about mobility innovation, when we're talking about mobility tech? What are people not thinking of? Well, I think they're thinking of everything. I, you know, obviously, <laughs> I think Larry Page has invested in hovering car, hovering stuff, and they'll maybe when we're long dead, someone will figure that out. That seems cool, but you know, they they do think of everything. I think. I I think it's really. I I find it very. It's a very innovative space. It really is. It's kind of fun to look at. It. It's taking old things and making them new or rethinking them. Uh, whether it's skateboards, whether it's bikes, whether it's scooters. You know, scooters completely came out of nowhere, right? Kind of thing. It felt like that. They'd been around, but it suddenly became really interesting, and they're used extensively here in Washington. And very, and it's yeah. not crazy anymore. It doesn't feel jammed. It feels they figured it out just right. I was just delighted, and and it and it's worked out really well. You know, I I still think. I, uh, you, one would imagine, and there's a lot of experimentation in San Francisco, particularly around autonomy and sure. taxis and delivery vehicles that are autonomous. And I think still a long way away. It's still, you know, just one thing after the next. It's every single car company I talked to, the difficulty level was, I think the problem was Elon oversold it too early. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's a it's a lofty goal. But to say it completely works without humans, it just doesn't. It just doesn't for lots yeah. of various and sundry reasons, whether it's light or it's weather or it's people or it's this. I mean, or yeah, that I was going to say humans well, around them. Yeah. Like this one story <laughs> in the Times this week, a cop car with the lights is a problem compared to a regular car. It looks like a, it looks mm. like a tree, mm. apparently. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. Like a problem. But, yeah. You know, whether it's light, you know, he was anti-LIDAR sure. or radar. And then everyone's like, oh, no, you kind of need that. So I think everyone was arguing about specifics very early when it wasn't unproven. And I found that irritating, like they knew what was going to happen. And so and, and they you know what I always say, they're often frequently wrong, but never in doubt. And so they say, mm -hmm. certainly, oh, certainly no humans. I'm like, <laughs> certainly like how, mm -hmm. like you don't know that. And so I think I've been disappointed by that. And I wish there was more. Uh, you know, it's just I wish people's expectations because expectations got up. Right. And then the reality and it's not just reporters reporting on you know, one crash happens versus 14,000. Everyone's very clear that autonomy is the goal, really, because it's a bloodbath in car crashes. It is. It just is. It's just, you know, and we don't think about it because we've now gotten used to it. We're used to car crashes. We're used to plane crashes. Mm. Well, plane crashes don't crash that much. Anymore, yeah. Although, <laughs> although they're, they're thankfully couple, not. Yeah. There have been a couple right. recently, but they, yeah. they're, they're remarkable because it happens. And so, and it's tragic every time it does, but I think people are, have taken that risk and said, fine, I'm going to get on a plane because the convenience and, and the efficacy is much better. And I think that, you know, autonomy is something I'd love to see more innovation in. Like mm. getting getting there and and having the government figure it out. I just think there's so much on people's plate. Electric will be the thing that should be focused on initially and really perfected, and then economy will come next. But that's where I would love to see even and more it, innovation and innovation that has humility versus innovation that is just braggy, uh, which is irritating because it ruins it mm. for it ruins it creates expectations that they never meet. And then I, I think it's harder for people to get into it. And then eventually people will accept a certain level of problem. But what are they called? Something utilitarians, whatever they mm. think, you know, there's an acceptable number of deaths. And but they're correct in that it's a bloodbath with car crashes. Mm. There shouldn't mm. they, we shouldn't have those. That's kind of an unnecessary thing. 
Yeah, no, entirely unnecessarily, unnecessary mm-hmm. rather. And certainly across the past two years, we've seen double digit increases, percentage increases or percentage point mm-hmm. increases. But we're used in the to it. We, we've accepted it in our, in our, in our reptilian brain. Though. We've accepted Ugh. car crashes. But yeah, we have. no, no, you know, not good. So. Not good. Um, but Horace, I, I'm going to pose the same question to you, but with a slightly different flavor, which is if you were an entrepreneur today, you know, what kind of mobility company would you start? Well, that's very tough because you got you know I got to play favorites. We, we you know I like to say <laughs> you know I love all fifteen hundred companies that are a part of our community. But you know my background is again seeing patterns over time, and it's it's been we've seen the pattern of computing, then the mobile of mobile computing, and then we we're now probably on the cusp of wearable computing, and it kind of follows the same pattern, which is like people start to figure out how to put things together. Sometimes you you integrate as you do so. So Apple's still integrated against silicon, for example, and now it's supposedly getting into batteries um, and getting into screens. And so there's that sort of integration process. The other process is exact opposite, which is like breaking things up and that we call unbundling. Um, and, and so unbundling the the newspaper was was the internet. The unbundling the the record was the iTunes. So someone that clever once said, "You either make money integrating or unbundling, bundling or unbundling." But the, I, so I have to ask always, like, where are we with the particular industry? And I think in the industry right now, we're still at the phase of trying to figure out how to put things together that are useful as services for for people in mobility, either short distances or long distances. Kara uh, points out, you know, that was she. You didn't call it quite call it this, but it's like the the word is mobility as a service. It's like why don't I just pay a monthly and I can get anywhere sure. from anywhere? That makes a lot of sense, and I think I think people would love to have a subscription model to. And with AI, it should be easy to figure out. Absolutely, it should stitch it all together because right now there's friction in hopping from one mode to the other. You got to pay parking, then you got to get on the bus. Nobody does that. So it's got to be done. Like I, I, you know, I open my phone and, and if, for example, let's say Google does it. I, I say I want to go somewhere. And it says as a great assistant would say, I'll get you there. Would you like to go minimum cost or minimum time? And then maybe give you a bunch of options like right. a search engine. And you just you pick pick that. And then it says someone will come at the door in five minutes or two minutes. And, you know, and then they take you. And if it's traffic, they, they say, OK, here sir, madam, hop off here. There's a scooter waiting for you. Complete the journey on this vehicle and it'll be like your map. Yes, it's it's called, I call it actionable and friction. I was going to mention frictionlessness and there is no Steve Jobs of this area, right? You know, Mm. one one had hoped Elon was this, but he's not. He's, you know, I I always joke. I knew Steve Jobs. He wasn't my friend. I see Jobs. I knew Steve Jobs. I covered Steve Jobs and he's no Steve Jobs, right? Mm. Um, Because there's got to be something that I think what Steve Jobs absolutely did, which was critical, which people I think discount is he made people understand how it all works together in a frictionless Mm. manner. And that was everything to him like every a consumer was the top of the consumer experience was the top of his thing and most technologists like elon are like well whatever it'll work because we you know because we are smart we know how to use it and i think there's nobody that does that this idea of what you're talking about is action it's called actionable and you think that with like the fitbit uh, the apple watch is the closest that's come to it apple is always at the closest it comes to it Hmm. but like what's if they tell you your steps what does that mean what does it mean with Hmm. your heartbeat what what do i do why do you care yeah (laughs) no but it's better than this when i eat a donut it should tell me hey you shouldn't have eaten that and here's why and by the way, now you need to go for a mile walk to discount that. And by the way, your blood sugar is here. Like it, it should be able to tell you and assist you, just like you were talking with, with mobility. You mm. should be able to drive until you can't drive. And then you're, the, it'll drive you to a scooter or to yeah. a public transportation. And then you pay the, you pay the whole, it should be frictionless. And yeah. that's really, that's who's going to win here is the good person. Who, and that's to me is Apple ultimately. You know, oh. I mean, I, I can't think of another company that could do it. Um, but that's a really interesting yeah. challenge for them. I, I think yeah. that's yeah. why I think they're doing those glasses because the glasses are going to be part of that. Mm. Eventually. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I, no argument, man. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is the most agreeing agreement I can have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's nobody capable. There's no Steve Jobs of this yet, but yeah, maybe Apple writ large or some other companies that help them with it. But frictionlessness should be at the top of mind of all micromobility of where mm, you're going, including yeah. with cars, with the whole, the whole, all of them working yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. It's all transportation. 
And I couldn't agree more with that. Um, and, and Kara, I, I know we just have you maybe for a more one more minute. And so I want to thank you so much for no being part of this conference, for having this conversation, for sharing so many uh, amazing thoughts and for really being mm -hmm. our oracle of micromobility tech too. Mm -hmm. We started out this conversation by talking about why you gave up your car, why mm -hmm. you had to get an electric vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, last question for you is what would it take for you to give up your electric vehicle and go, go all public transit, walking, when it's, cycling, scooting again. When it's, I, I'm not giving up car. I never thought cars were going away. I just, <laughs> okay, I wanted, right. um, I, I, I think ownership of cars. I don't want to own a car. I hate owning a car. And I wish there was a better system like you're talking about where it takes mm. me to places where I can, it can take me to another car. It could take me to wherever it could take me to a train. And that would be ideal. I try my best to do that all the time. I, my, my car sits in the park in the thing very uh, quite a lot. You know what I mean? So what is that? What is that frictionless system? That's it's not there yet, but it certainly is. You can see it possible if they interrupt it. It's sort of like when you had uh, Betamax and Sony, you know, mm. and, and the VHS, like, then it wasn't, and then it was easy, and then of course something else superseded it. So I think that's what the that's where you have to get to is this idea of Silicon Valley talks about frictionless all the time, but to do it is very making complex things simple is people often make simple things complex. <laughs> and so that that is the that was the genius of Steve Jobs making complex things simple and intuitive. And I think that's you can do it here. Very you could see it happening. It just will take a lot of AI, etc. So. Anyway. Well, that feels like life advice too. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. So Kara, thank you again. Horace, right. thank you again. This has been thank a fantastic you. conversation and so, so wonderful to be here with you today. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Horace. Thanks. Bye, Thanks Julie. so much. Bye. -bye. Bye.